Among the many things missed during this time of pandemic, travel has certainly been one of them. And included in these travels would be road trips. I just love a good road trip, the freedom of the open road, the journey, the adventure. Now, for me, the best road trips are often when you take a different route on the way to and from your destination. It just adds to the, the adventure and thrill of it. But sometimes an experience along the way or at the destination causes your return trip to look a little different. I know for me, the most nervous I've ever been was, uh, the most nervous I've ever been driving, rather, was when my daughter was born and it was time to drive her home from the hospital. We had never secured a child into a car seat before, much less a newborn baby, so I was particularly grateful that the nurses at the University of Tennessee Hospital had to sign off on my first attempt to install a car seat. But then came the drive home. See, we lived in South Knoxville, just on the other side of the Tennessee River from downtown Knoxville. But where we lived was also the beginning of the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. The University Hospital is also on the south side of the river, but to get there from where we lived, you had to drive over a small mountain, through a gauntlet of twists and turns, blind one-lane tunnels and the like. All the things that scared a Midwesterner like me to death. As a pastor, I had become accustomed to this route, my countless trips to make uh, pastoral visits at the hospital. And uh, this route, trips on this route, included driving to the hospital the day our daughter was born. But now, after her birth, everything had changed. We became parents, our lives were forever changed. Suddenly, the usual route would no longer suffice. We needed to find another way. And so we took the longer but safer route on the other side of the river to get back home. In our story today, the Magi have an experience that causes them to change course and to return home by another road. Though our memories of pageants and tradition have given us a sort of collective understanding of the three wise men or three kings, Matthew actually tells us very little about these mysterious figures. He doesn't tell us how many of them there were, though we usually depict three of them to coincide with the three gifts. All we really know about their heritage is that they come from the East. So the Savior, this Messiah, the the one God's people have been waiting for for so long, is first recognized and adored by Gentiles, by outsiders to the Hebrew faith. Such an act is foreshadowing for Matthew the spread of the gospel beyond Israel after Christ's resurrection. Really, the most convincing evidence we have from scholars is that these mysterious figures were likely from Persia and carried the role of the fire priests, known as magi. The magi were among kings in their culture and day. The magi, like the Israelites too, expected a savior, and they followed a moving star to seek out the king in the land where it stopped. In those days, such a cosmic sign was an omen for political upheaval. So you can imagine how anxious this would have made Herod, 
the Roman appointed king of Judea. Then these magi stopped in Bethlehem where the star had, had stopped and descended. And, that, um, and they visit the Christ child. And they offer him three gifts that were appropriate for a king. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold being a, a precious and valuable material often used in religious temples and for royalty Frankincense as an incense used for uh, religious ritual. Myrrh also as an incense, but an ointment for wounds and uh, uh, something that some scholars believe was used in ancient burial rituals. But following their visit, they're warned by an angel not to come back to Herod and to return home by another road. This is the part of the carol uh, we three kings leaves out. We hear of the Magi's uh, mystical journey following yonder star to Bethlehem, presenting the three gifts to the Christ child. But we don't hear about the act of deception the wise men commit to King Herod. Herod summons these kings to do a mission for him, to identify the newborn king of the Jews. As I said, he's anxious about this proclaimed newborn king because he is the leader of Judea. But after meeting the Christ child, the lives of the Magi are forever changed. They know they're no longer safe to return to Herod, and so they flee and decide to go home by another road. So these wise men follow the star to Bethlehem to meet the newborn king. They follow a light to meet the very light of God. After this encounter, though, they find themselves in danger. And this is really a reminder to us today, friends, that the Christian life is, can be a dangerous one. It's a reminder that being a Christian often requires living in a way that is at odds with our culture. The Magi's experience shows how one's experience of the living God is an ultimate game changer. The usual roads and pathways of life would no longer suffice. So after encountering the Christ child, God's own light, the Magi find themselves forever changed. The old familiar routes they used would no longer work. As the Magi returned to their homelands, by another road. But on this return home, the Magi realized that they no longer needed to follow a star because they have seen the light of God, and that this light is now within each of them. They returned, spreading the light, witnessing to God's presence among them. Friends, this, in essence, is epiphany. It's a reminder to be aware of the moments when we have witnessed God's presence among us, that God's relentless light continues to shine in our world. In this time, as the pandemic continues to darken our world and keep us in despair, we see clearly here our mission as children of God. As the Magi teach us, when we glimpse God's presence, we are to stand in awe of it and then go and bear witness to this light in the world. And one place where we experience the presence of God is when we gather at our Lord's table uh, for communion, as we will momentarily. 
Here we trust that the Spirit lifts us into communion with our risen Lord, that we might be fed by his light and his love. And so, friends, as we prepare to gather yet again at our Lord's table, may we live into the prophet's words, Arise, shine, for your light has come. May we be forever changed by this encounter with the light of God, causing us to travel down a different path. And may we journey together giving thanks and glory to the light of the world who indeed shines in the darkness, and that the darkness cannot and will not overcome this light. Amen.